This is the weekly Parsha Shior with Rabbi Chaim Bravender of Atid and WebYeshiva.org. Recorded live in Jerusalem at Beit Knesset Haramban. Visit www.webyeshiva.org for live interactive online shiurim today. The Parsha is Bolok. The Parsha is Bolok. Now, Bolok, if you remember, if you remember what the Parsha is about, you, you have to agree that the Parsha Bolok is, is unique. Because until the very end of the Parsha of Bolok, when Bilam gives advice, uh, advice to uh, Bilam gives advice on how in spite of his own failure at cursing B'nai Yisrael how it could be that B'nai Yisrael would be done in by the Midianites and, and, and the, the Torah says V'yeshev Yisrael b'shitim v'yechel am liznot et p'not mo'av so this was the this was the other method the other method was that the women were sent in to uh, entice the men and convince them or redirect them in the direction of Avodah Now that is, in the parasha, that's the place that B'nai Yisrael enters, so to speak. That B'nai Yisrael have a voice. Because until that time, the parasha of Bolok is about Bolok and Bilok. It's not about B'nai Yisrael. There are no... B'nai Yisrael have nothing to do with it. They're just sitting there, camped, and Bolok and Bilam are trying to figure out how to curse the Jews such that they will have the upper hand. They, meaning uh, the Midianites, will have the upper hand. And that upper hand, that upper hand is not available to them until the end of the parasha when they send these women to entice, to entice the men of uh, of, of Israel. And so the Gemara asks the question, what is the parish, mean, I'll tell you how it, how it asks the question, like what's, how did the parish of Bilam get into the Torah? What we call Bolak, the parish of Bolak. How did he get into the Torah? What's it got to do with the Torah? It's a failed attempt, a failed attempt by Bolak and Bilam, by Bolak and Bilam, to curse B'nai Yisrael. B'nai Yisrael didn't do anything. They didn't. They weren't involved in any way in the parsha, in the parsha of of Bullock. So the Torah emphasizes that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the parsha. Don't think that because this parsha is not about Bnei Yisrael, right? Indirectly, it's true that Bilam has a lot of positive things to say about Bnei Yisrael, right? Most famous, perhaps, is Matovu Olecha Yaakov. This is uh, what um, this is what Bilam said about Bnei Yisrael, which we uh, uh, took very seriously. But in fact, in fact, Bnei Yisrael are not involved. They're not an active participant. They're neither doing good nor doing bad until the very end of the parasha. All they do is sit there. They don't even know what's happening. They may not know that Bilam is being redirected by a Kodesh Baruch who instead of cursing the day Israel, he is, he is uh, blessing them or saying wonderful things about them. So you see, 
So you see that when the Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the parasha of Bilam, there was some suspicion about that. How could it be that there would be a parasha in the Torah that has nothing to do with B'nai Israel as actors? They're not actors. It could have happened. Bilam and Bolak could have been elsewhere. If they had the internet, he wouldn't have had to look at them. He could have Google Earthed them. You know, and then they would have been on the screen, all of B'nai Israel, and then Bilam would have tried, would have tried to curse them. So that, uh, that it, it remains, I and mean, now that we know that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Pasha of Bilam, it remains an open question of what is the purpose of the parsha. I mean, of course, there are a lot of positive lessons in the parsha, but this way, means of presenting the material is a little bit odd. So I remind you that it, it's not on this post, it's not on the sheet, but, uh, but obviously, Bolok, who was the, uh, the king of Moab, was afraid of B'nai Yisrael, and he hired Bilam, who was a sorcerer of some type, in order to curse B'nai Yisrael and give him the upper, uh, the upper hands. Um, and so he sent messengers to Bilam, uh, and he asked for his, you know, involvement in this in this project. Uh, then, I mean, we could go through the we could go through the whole story, but suffice it to say that Bilam was a known sorcerer. Balak was afraid of B'nai Yisrael. Balak Melch Moab, and so he hired Bilam to use his sorcery in order to uh, destroy the strength of B'nai Yisrael. That's the story. Bilob tried. He tried actually several times, but the first two times were a complete failure. And the third time, he spoke about B'nai Yisrael. So in that third time, if you look at the sheet, Bilob says this. You know, the third time was entirely um, uh, a praise of B'nai Yisrael. The third time. So Bilam said, Nachash, without getting into detail, but the word Nachash is a word that means sorcery. Right? Now you can't not remember the Nachash Nechoshet, right? And the Nachashim. And the way we, we tried to explain it was that it was not perfectly clear whether the Nechash and the was idolatrous or, or an idolatrous power. And therefore, B'nai Yisrael worshipped that Nechash and the until Chizkiyahu came along and did away with it. Right? So that's the word Nechash. We have immediately, uh, uh, we think, in terms of the Nechash and the And the second word in the Pasuk is Kesem. Kesem, Ksamim, are things, objects with which you do sorcery. Right? Let's see what Rashi says. Ki lo nachash v'yakov, Rashi says, ki ru'uyim heim lebracha, she'ein v'hem v'nachashim v'kosmim. 
so that Bilam is explaining. He's defending himself. Why was it that I couldn't that I couldn't uh, curse them? Why was it that the curses didn't come out? They all came out as blessings. Because, because, since right, they are so are a kind of a barrier. Right? If you're involved in sorcery, so there's no bracha. Assuming that the bracha comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, onto the world, and that everybody is able to get what he deserves from that bracha. So, if you're lo nachash, lo nachash b'yakov, lo kesev Yisrael, means that they're, that they're worthy of the bracha. Because they don't have this this uh, um, intermediary that stands between them and God. And that intermediary is called Nachash and Kesef. That's what Rashi, that's what Rashi means. That's what Bilam is saying. Bilam is explaining to Bolak why it is that he couldn't curse them. And he said, because they have a filter. And the only thing that gets through the filter is Bracha. And the filter is Lo Nachash, Lo Kesef. That's what the filter is. But if you are involved in Nachash Kesem, then it's not only Bracha that gets through. It might be also Klala. So, Bilab is explained to Balak why he was not able to curse them. Because he could curse them, but it will end up as a Bracha in any, in any event, which is the way it looks when you read the, the Psukim. And the second half of the Pasuk is, Yisrael, So this is a, like a funny kind of thing. It will be said to Yaakov and Yisrael what God is about to do. What do you mean what God is about to do? What God is doing or will do? Well, that's the purpose of sorcery, isn't it? Isn't the purpose of sorcery to affect God, or affect the reality. It shouldn't be bad, but it should be good. It should be good for us, it should be bad for them. That's all sorcery. Now look at Rashi. Rashi says, There'll be another time, like this time, where everybody will see the love that God has for the day Israel. That they're all sitting around and learning Torah. This is Rashi talking. Their, their place, their division is even closer to God than Malachi Hashareh who can't learn Torah. And the Malachah will ask B'nai Yisrael, what's going on? What is God doing? What does that mean? That B'nai Yisrael someday will be sitting, learning Torah, very close to HaKadosh Baruch that's Mapa al El. Mapa al as you see it. You see what's going on. 
one interpretation. That this word is not a future tense. Present tense. We won't get into that. So what is it that Rashi says in the Dabar Acher? What's the Dabar Acher? That B'nai Yisrael really have what the sorcerers want to have. The sorcerers want to know what God is going to do. How it's going to be. How the world is going to run. And so the sorcerers like apply sorcery in order to find this out. Right now, Yaakov and Yisrael, they know what God is about to do. They don't need Menachashim and they don't need they don't need Kosmit. So Rashi has changed this these words. It's not that they don't have it is the, they're not driven away from God through the Nachash and the Kesar. And since God doesn't want that, that, that would reflect uh, uh, like everybody moving back. Everybody moving back, and that's not the way it is. So when when uh, when Sachako, uh, when Bilam said, Bilam said that. When Bilam said that Lo Nachash be the Akov and the Kesem be Yisrael, he said that they're closer yet, according to Rashi. They're closer to God than we are, who need the Kesem and the Nachash to find out Mapa Al They know it already. They know what happened. And since they know it already, Rashi says, that knowledge acts as a filter and they're able to only get the bracha from heaven. That's what Rashi says. And that's what Rashi says that Bilam says. So Bilam is trying to explain to Balak that B'nai Yisrael are not like a neutral entity. They're not just a glob of, of material encamped down below. And if I curse them, they will be cursed but they have a filter, a defense, a way of dealing with it. You can't, you can't do it. You can't fight it, right? You can't fight it. Which is an explanation of Bilam's, of Bilam's idea. Like what was Bilam's idea? Send the women to entice them to idolatry. I mean, that was, after all, the idea. It wasn't just an Aveira, but it was the ultimate Aveira. So that, that Bilam said, all of this protection that they have, all this protection they have against my curses, and my statements, and my Kesem, and my Nachanches, all this defense is because they are who they are. But if you change them, if you make them less than they are, 
then everything will work. Then it will happen because an idolatrous nation of Israel is not going to receive the same kind of consideration from heaven that the non-idolatrous nation of Israel will receive. Okay? Now we'll look at the Rashbam. The Rashbam, remember, you have to remember, is the school of Rashi. Right? Rashi, Rashi was, Rashbam is Rashi's grandson, but not, is he, not only is he his grandson, but he worked with him. Right? They wrote together. They, they were in the same Beit Midrash. They, you know, Rashi was a, everybody thinks that Rashi, um, like just was a person in a room like in, in uh, if you go to uh, that museum in Tel Aviv what is that called? <laughs> you see like Rashi sitting there and hunched over his stender and you say oh he must have just sat there hunched over his stender for many years and he produced everything that Rashi we call Rashi but that's not the case I think Rashi had a lot of Talmudim and people who helped him and they worked together and Rashi was the final editor yes he, he, it was his gushpanka that it all came out on the front. There were all kinds of people who worked at it. You know that the Rashbam finished the Rashi's commentary on Shas. But Rashi himself was not able to finish the whole commentary on the, uh, part of Baba Batra and uh, Psachim, of course. And then there are other Mesechtot where it's not perfectly clear that Rashi, uh, Midorim, uh, whether Rashi wrote the Perush or not. And so, his Talmidim picked up on that. they the ones who did it. Not just, uh, not Rashi alone. So, what does the Rashbam say? Now that I introduced the Rashbam. Einam onenim v'kosmim kamonu v'lo shoalim oviyidoni. Right? So, the Rashbam, it says, I think, the same thing as Rashi, except that he points out that at different times in Jewish history, the Jews were entranced by a variety of sorcery, right? And he adds these names, Ov, Yidoni, uh, which at the time of uh, Shoal HaMelech were very popular, and they were then done away with and then returned, of course. Ela ke'etio be'li Yaakov b'Yisrael ba'pa'al ke'el mitoch she'shchina be'nehem omrim lahem hanevi'im so again, there's this kind of distinction. We know what's going to be. But how do we know what's going to be? Nevi'im. The Nevi'im tell us. Not Nachash V'Kesem. What's Nachash V'Kesem? It's sort of forcing heaven to to tell us what's going on. We don't need that. That's what Bilam says. But Israel doesn't need Nachash V'Kesem because they have Nevi'im, which is what Rashi said. Right? I didn't say that over, but that's what Rashi said. That somehow Nevi'im are a much higher level of intercourse between heaven and B'nai Yisrael than Nachash V'Kesem. Nachash V'Kesem are a much lower level. A much lower level. So that's what, that's what the, the Rashbab says. Ka'et ye omer, Masha tid lavo, ka'et machar, o, lachar abeyamim, vishanim, yamel hamayom, al yidei nabi. You know, it's all these things that are going to happen, the future, is told to them by, today, by a nabi. 
וכן כל כעת מדבר בעתידות. Because wherever you see the word ka'et in the Tanakh, it's talking about the future, like knowing about the future now. But it's about the future. This is not what we learned about the future. That's Manoah found out that he, he and his wife would have a child. Right? And that child was Shmuel. I mean, Shibshot. Right? That child was Shibshot. So that's what it says. It says, Ka'et. Lo'eshmiyano elavadai nechyevit kayem lano ben. Shema yinu metim. Ech yelano ben l'shana ba'ad we would die. We saw they wouldn't be able to have a child. So the Rajvam says, the Rajvam says that there's some kind of, in the line of Rashi, in the line of Rashi, that there is some sort of principle which is that closeness to God, closeness to heaven, is reflected in knowledge about the future. I know what's going to be. But I know what's going to be because there are Nevi'im who tell me what there is going to be and not sorcerers. Not Kosmim Umenachashim. Okay? Now, the Rashbam, who was a later Rishon, right, who came long after Rashi, the, Rashi, the Rambam says, all of this he starts out with Rashi. Right? The Rabban very often starts out by quoting Rashi, usually in order to disagree about some point. Hanachon be'enai. The Ramban says, I don't like Rashi. What is correct? Ki ba'avur ha'yoto kosim u'balak shalach lo v'chi adati et asher t'varech b'ksamecha m'varach v'asher t'or b'hem you are. That's what Balak said to Bilam. Bilam, I know you're good at what you do. V'shalach lo ksamim. And he sent him ksamim. Al ked amar lo and that's what he meant to say. That my Nachash can't affect them. And my Kesem can't affect them. Why? The low Kesem Yisrael, Maziko Mo'il. Ki bechol eit yeyomer li Yaakov li Yisrael, ma pa'al keel bahem. Because they always know what God is doing to them. Ki mi piel yom, they say lahem haraot vatov, and they know that good and bad comes from God. It doesn't come from my cursing them, my nachash or my keser. Loma ki chevik Hashem amo einam b'memshelat sarib v'kochvei shamayim uksilehem sheazik lahem adam b'keser v'nachash kagoyim. 
אשר חלק, חלק אשר בלוקח אותם מכל העמים, תחת כל השמיים, ואתכם לקח השם להיות לו לעם נחלה, כאשר פירשתי בסדר החמות. So the Raman says, the Raman says, you have to understand, you have to understand that in the world, in the world, uh, there are all kinds of things that are happening, like everybody's in a fish tank, and all kinds of fish going around. And you don't always know why these fish are going fast, and those fish are going slow, and they're going floating up and down, and the other, but like, it, the world is, a, is like a big fish tank, and there's no, and everybody wants to know Everybody wants to know what's happening. So in Israel, I, I heard uh, yesterday somebody said, we're on a, uh, you know that, that Eretz Yisrael is on a earthquake fault. There could be an earthquake in Eretz Yisrael. So the moderator said to this professor of earthquakes, whatever that is, he said, so when today is going to be an earthquake? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I've got to find out. I've got to find out because if, if you like Luyat Suyar, that I actually get my passport back, or I get a passport, then I'll know that I should leave before the next, uh, the next earthquake. No, you can't know where the earthquake is. So you think there are no people who are going to holy rabbis to ask them about when the next earthquake is? Of course there are. And the Ramban, it's hard to tell from the Ramban whether he thought that this was entirely a waste of effort and time. But there is no doubt that the Rabban said that we, B'nai Yisrael, live in a state of greater clarity. We know. We will know and we will be informed one way or the other about what God intends to do with us, according to the Rabban. And when they when you say Kilo Nachas Yisrael, you mean you mean that they don't use those kinds of methods to get that information. But they have other ways of getting information. They they they, they the, a more direct way. So at the time of the Nevi'im, the time of the Urim Betumim, it was the Urim Betumim. So today we may not have that access. But we understand that we have that potential. That's what I think the Rabbah is saying. Now, before we look at the Surat Emet, I want you to, uh, to, see, to remind you of a Pesach. The Pesach is in Zavar and Perik Yudchet. Pesach Yudchet, Yud Gimel Yudalet. Tomim Tiyem Hashem Elokech. You know what Tomim Tiyem Hashem Elokech means? Tomim, the word Tamim is is whole, somebody without a blemish. So what blemish is it that you shouldn't have? What blemish shouldn't you have? Tabim Tiyeb Hashem Lokecho, Rashi, Hitalech Imo Bitmimut, Vitetzapel Lo, Velotachko Achaha Atidot. In other words, you could say that according to Rashi, the earlier time in Jewish history, the time of the prophets, the time of the Urmetumim, that was just in order to wean ourselves away from this obsessive need that we have to know what God is going to do. Tomim Tiyem Hashem means don't concern yourself. Don't spend your time figuring out what God is about to do. 
Everything that happens, you should accept. You accept because in the bigger picture, we don't know what's going on. No way to know. So sometimes good things happen, or apparently good things, sometimes bad things happen. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be uh, concerned about God's role. Then, Pasuk Yudalit, in Eretz Yisrael, El Ma'onenim El Kosmim Yishma'u, Vata Lokei Natan Lecha Hashem Elokecha. Rashi, Lokei Natan Lecha Hashem Elokecha, Lishma'a, El Ma'onenim, because you don't pay any attention to these sorcerers. Sharei Hishash China Ala Nebi'im, Vurim Vitumim, again Rashi, Rashi says that we are on a different level. It's true that, according to Rashi, that sorcery might work sometimes, right? The, the prime example, of course, is when the Khatumim in Mitzrayim were able to imitate Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Moshe threw down the staff, he turned into a snake, and they did the same thing. So that sorcery, I mean, you can see that in the, in the history, Sorcery was what had to be uprooted from the personality of Am Yisrael. They had to develop this capacity to have faith in God. Even if you don't know or understand what God, what God is doing. Now all of this, let's just look at the Svas Ebes. says this. On this pasuk in Devarim, Lokein Natan Lecha Navi Mikre Becha Tchol Asher Shalta Vechule Vechorev Perusho. You see the I'm at the beginning of the second line. Ki Akadosh Baruch Hu Ha'Elav B'nei Yisrael Malam Minateva. That B'nei Yisrael have been raised above nature. Lachain Ein Lem Lashgiach Al Simanei Amazalot. Therefore, they should not look to the constellations. Rak ta'aluchato im b'nei Yisrael hurak kifi ba'atzehem. God treats b'nei Yisrael in accordance with the way they act. V'zeh sh'amah navi b'kir b'cha ki v'amram davar ata imanu v'nishma v'av ki b'vaday tov l'shmo v'nei harav so that means that you can't manipulate anything. That's what Tobin You have to understand that you get what you deserve. Even if you don't always understand why what you get is what you deserve, that's the relationship that exists between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and B'nai Yisrael. And that's because we were taken out of Teva. Teva means, Teva means that we're scientists. Right? Scientists want to first see what's going on, like the Higgs particle. Right? You know about Higgs? So the Higgs particle, either was discovered or was discovered, I couldn't figure that out. Exactly, but let's say it was. Let's say they, they, they discovered it. 
I mean, if they had not discovered, they'd all jump off the roof, you know. They'd be talking for a very long time about how this is going to do it. So, uh, I mean, it had to do it. So, scientists, scientists look into nature in order to find the greatness or, or, or whatever it is they, they might find. And then they try to manipulate what they find. It, in, in other words, uh, today, the study of the DNA, so people say, well, will they be able to then affix an embryo that has a problem? Right, you know, you ever hear that kind of, that kind of talk about you have to go in with a little, like a clip and grab onto the DNA that is cockeyed, or the chromosome that is a little cockeyed and twist it around, straighten it out. Now, it could be, it could be that they would be able to do that. But that is not what the Torah wants of us, uh, uniquely, right? I, I don't mean the Torah, it's a wonderful thing to do, but that's not what the Torah wants of us. The Torah wants of us is to be outside of nature, outside of, of that world, of looking into it, right? In the world of a kind of modern day, modern day sorcery. Not because sorcery is not good. Not because sorcery is, is, uh, is some kind of a special avera. But it, it demeans the people of Israel who should be involved in Torah and learning Torah and being close to God through that, in that way. So that the parasha of Balak, the parasha of Balak, is written by Moshe Rabbeinu, because it remains, it remains a kind of vital lesson for B'nai Yisrael, for B'nai Yisrael, in, in determining, determining who they are. Who are you, B'nai Yisrael? Are you the people of the Kesem? Are you the people of the Nachash? Or are you the people who rise above all of that and kind of communicate to God as prophets, as the Viyim, as Urim Vitumim. Because even after the Urim Vitumim, say the prophets came to an end, prophecy ended. But that didn't mean that people could not achieve that level of spiritual well-being, uh, so to speak. And that's what Balak teaches us. Balak teaches us that that uh, we have a choice. We can either be in our tents and study the Torah and be kind of spiritually relevant, or we can become idolatrous again. And idolatry and Kesem and Nachash are closely related to each other because they're about manipulating, manipulating the message from God. Have a good show. So there's no shiur, no shiur next week until Elul. There won't be another shiur until Elul.